0: Welcome to Insights on Demand, a podcast from Business Talent Group, where we talk to the world's best independent talent about the future of work and other pressing business issues. I'm Leah Hoffman, and today's guest is Steve Wunker, an innovation expert who led the development of one of the world's first smartphones, worked with the late Clayton Christensen, and now advises companies on creating and executing bold plans for growth. Steve is here to talk to us about adapting business strategies to the coronavirus pandemic and all the upheaval it has brought. A topic about which he's already written several pieces. Welcome, Steve.
1: Thanks very much, Leah.
0: So, in the pieces that you've written, you've identified four distinct phases that business leaders need to plan for. Can you outline them?
1: Sure. It's so easy to focus on our current phase, and we're deluged with news. Um, But unlike the financial crisis, which went through sort of an erratic and very gradual trajectory, uh, this is compressed, and it is going to go through four very discrete specific phases. We are currently in the first phase, which is awaiting the major impacts. The economy is shutting down. Uh, we're seeing the growth of sickness, but uh, we haven't really been hit hard yet by the economic repercussions of everything, or the the human repercussions. And you know, I think for the purposes of this discussion, we'll focus on the uh, the economic side of things. But we also have to be conscious that the, the human toll is going to impact consumers' psyches uh, and that will have economic consequences as well. So then the second phase is that initial impact. Uh, as people have lost their jobs and they run out of financial coping mechanisms, uh, as businesses shut down and are able to pay their bills, uh, and as we start seeing that human consequence of disease uh, the behavior and psychology of people is really going to shift even as some government funds arise for instance right. people may be reluctant to spend those funds uh, because mm-hmm. they're just uh, hunkering down uh, as all this bad news deluses us um, but then as that passes it will pass either because you know there's eventually drug progress or uh, most of us get the disease and develop immunity or perhaps we're able to, to stamp the, the disease out Uh, there is going to be return to normalcy. Uh, And that's when all that cash that's going to be awash in the economy is actually going to get spent. Some people will get their jobs back. Uh, Some people are going to be searching for totally new jobs because the economy has fundamentally shifted towards uh, forms of uh, online and virtual consumption. Um, But uh, things get going again. Competitive positions get reestablished, Customer relationships have to reform, uh, and that's going to be a really critical time of transition. That's important to plan for now because when that happens, it's going to be happening really, really fast. And then finally, the fourth phase is sorting out new industry dynamics. Uh, A lot of behaviors will have changed. Uh, People will be accustomed to totally new ways of of working and buying, Uh, and you've got to sort of adapt the way that you've done business in order to succeed in the reordered competitive environment that's going to be taking place uh, in that timeframe, which probably, hopefully, isn't too long from now.
0: Right, so for the four phases that you've outlined here, what do you think companies should do? We're um, definitely in a hunker down phase, um, and I think there are a lot of things that need to be done just to stabilize the ship, but how should executives start to plan the decisions that they will need to make even in the rest of phase one or looking forward to the other phases that you've outlined?
1: Right, so there's two key things that companies need to do. Number one, they need to think through the uncertainties that they have in each phase. Uh, And we've disaggregated that in some of the articles I've written for Forbes or in in our working papers into things that you think you know, but really you should be questioning some of those long-held assumptions. Things that the organization might know, but the executive suite might not be aware of, like how are customers faring right now, how are vendors uh, holding up, how are your competitors holding up. Mm-hmm. Things that you know you don't know. Uh, it's very tempting to cut your market research now because it's sort of a discretionary event uh, expense. That's a really bad idea. You don't want to be flying blind at a time like this, so focus by all means on short-term and, you know, urgent market research, but get it done to address those unknown knowns. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the most the most dangerous thing is the things you don't even know you don't know. Uh, and there, it's important to ask yourself the the hard questions about how each phase of, of this crisis might unfold for your business uh, and what might happen in those. So that's the first thing you do, is, is lay out those uncertainties by uncertainty type and by phase. And then you've got to create a plan uh and to do that you should be thinking about for each of those phases what are the specific challenges that your business is going to be confronting and what are some clear options that relate to those challenges and in the case of those unknown unknowns uh maybe creating scenarios and even wargaming through those scenarios so that you can figure out okay if this happens then it likely means these repercussions for the competitive strategy that we have and our financial health and our operations as they cascade throughout the business. And therefore, we should plan to do this, or at least be ready to do this if these scenarios actually come to pass.
0: So you've pointed out that executives tend to include too many people in decision-making during times of crisis, that they try too hard to reach consensus. Can you tell us why that's a problem and talk about some other common missteps?
1: Sure. Um, So, it, as you say, one of them is to try to reach consensus. Usually that's a really desirable thing in a strategic plan. Uh, we do not live in a time right now where that's going to be very easy to accomplish. Um, so, you know, by all means, if you can, great. Um, but you need a plan you need to time bound it and you need to get on with things. And related to another uh, uh, trap that people into uh, fall into, you need to make some hard decisions. Uh, so then you need to be clear objectives for your plan and you need to make clear decisions that relate to those objectives. Oftentimes, that precludes the ability to get to consensus. That's mm-hmm. okay. This is a time, uh, even for for leaders who, whose style might be very inclusive and sort of to lead from behind, to go a little bit more and lead from the front and force these hard decisions to get made. Uh, equally, though, you need to think about Scenarios. I mean, look, we look back a week ago and we think, oh, what we didn't know last week that we know now. And I guarantee (laughs) a week from now, we'll be saying the same thing. So Mm -hmm. there need to be some scenarios that work into this. And that relates to that um, uh, thinking about different types of uncertainty that I spoke about a little bit before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then finally, and this, this is a hard one in this environment, but you can't be too rushed about it. By all means, there is urgency. But if you make all these decisions in one crisis meeting, that's a very hazardous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, as, you know, As with us not knowing today uh, what we're gonna know a week from now, we have to recognize that events are gonna unfold in this crisis and we need to have ways to um, think about these things as it unfolds a little bit. And equally, you probably have to get a sense of what people throughout an organization are thinking speedily. um, But it's not the sort of thing that a half dozen people can retreat into a boardroom and just make a lot of decisions on sometimes. Um, You ultimately may need those half dozen people to make the decisions, but there needs to be a means for them to get input as well um, so that your decisions are not bounded by groupthink, but instead are really rooted in the the realities that the organization is confronting.
0: So another point you raised that I found interesting was the danger now of having too little focus that people were tempted to commit just to a bunch of strategic priorities that were you know, too vague and too, too numerous to pursue and not doing the hard work of actually narrowing down the focus. Can you talk a bit about that risk?
1: Sure. Um, look, I, I've talked to CEOs just in the past few days who want a lot of ideas about how they can uh, seem responsive to their customers. Uh, and look ideas are great but executing on them is a challenge when there are fires burning in every corner of the business just basic operational challenges of getting people to work well remotely and uh, folks often have their their kids hanging around their legs right now as they're trying to do an important conference call you've mm-hmm. got to be realistic about this number of decisions uh, that can be executed well uh, and so you've got to sort of choose not only what can you do well, but also what's going to register in customers' minds when they're also besieged by 20 million things going on. What's the coherent message that you can send? And look, that's just with regard to how do you change with regard to customers Um, Mm -hmm, with regard to virtualizing your operations. That's uh, another set of things. So there's certainly urgency, um, But and, and, you know, hopefully you could operate at a little bit of a faster tempo than usual. Um, But the stakes are really high. Uh, And so if you take on too much and you don't execute it well, that could lead to really major problems down the road.
0: Now, you spoke earlier about some fundamental shifts in the economy, and I think everybody sort of realizes that they're coming, although how it's going to shake out is still unclear. Can you talk about the uh, upside of some of these changes? Obviously, working from home is something that's going through you know having a having a moment right now. Um, some of the other customer habit changes might be might be more lasting. Um, how can companies start to scope out what's going on that affects them and maybe you know plan out the different scenarios?
1: Look, the bricks and mortar world is expensive. It's expensive to have the real estate. It's expensive to have salespeople going around to different locations, whether they're stores and there might be physician offices. Um, and so this provides an opportunity to accelerate some of the virtualization of sales and service. So, you know, that's a big opportunity for many. Uh, for some, there's also a significant downside, but that's got to be sort of embraced and managed at, at this, this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I just this morning was speaking with a, a company that sells uh, school textbooks. Uh, and textbooks mm-hmm. have already been declining, right? But now they are very likely to go into free fall. So what's that company going to do? They've got to really embrace the disruption. They can't can no longer uh, ignore what's happening around them. So as you look about how these scenarios are going to play out, um, it's easy to focus on the downsides and mitigating the risks. And yeah, by all means, you need to pay some attention to that. Um, but you also need to think creatively about how you can supercharge some forms of change and really sees the upside. People are still going to be learning, right? They may not be using a textbook. They're going to be using other media. Uh, But how how do you shift your business? People are still going to be eating. How do you shift from your bricks and mortar locations, perhaps to something that's a little bit more novel, but still fills the need, not just of getting a good meal, but having uh, an ambiance and a level of care and specialness, perhaps, that people used to go to a restaurant to, Uh, for, but now they might be able to, uh, or at least open to getting it through other means.
0: Right. There aren't a lot of precedents to this pandemic in the modern business world, but there are companies that have thrived in uncertainty. What lessons can we draw from those companies that have been successful in environments where the outlook's not clear? What do they have in common?
1: So you've got to look ahead. In a time frame that's meaningful for you, and you yeah, know that depends on the industry about how quickly that changes, uh, and set some meaningful goals about what you're going to be in that time frame, and then work backwards. Um, we work with a, a big social media company uh, that has a very clear revenue goal for where it's going to be in five years. And they've translated that into numbers of users and you know, the level of engagement per user uh, and the not just the amount of ads but the type of ads that they're selling, uh, and it translates back to the present day. The danger with a lot of strategies is that they paint this future world, but it's a little fuzzy, and there's not the connective tissue to link that to, okay, now what am I going to do in the next six months? This is a wonderful time to concentrate minds and to say, okay, I get it. That future is probably going to be a little nearer term than we thought. Um, (laughs) But equally, we need to plan to get there in a very time-bounded and metric sort of way. And that is going to force hard decisions, uh, but this is the time to make them.
0: Thanks again for talking with us, Steve. My guest is Steve Wonker, an independent growth and innovation expert. And I'm Leah Hoffman for Business Talent Group's Insights On Demand podcast. In upcoming episodes, we'll be talking with other independent experts about the unique challenges companies face in these unprecedented times, from business continuity, to culture, to supply chain. Subscribe for these insights and more wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.